Hello, and welcome to the Carol First Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Peter Hill, and let us now bring on the other host, Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris. Good morning. Hello. Today, we'll be going over the recent sermon. It's called How to Trust. You can find that on the website if you want to listen to it. It's going over Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. And again, what we want to do today is just kind of extend uh, the sermon out and kind of pull out some more practical applications. You can only do so much when you're up there, and so what we want to do is kind of make it maybe a little bit more personal to you. So, Pastor Mark, you want to give us a little... Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we have spent the past two weeks in verses 1 through 8 in the Sunday morning service. Verses 1 through 6 last week, and then 7 and 8, as Peter just said, this past Sunday. And we've been talking about this idea of trust, trusting the Lord, and what that looks like. And then even a, a sense of how that we kind of see in verse verse seven. And on Sunday we we read these these words in verse seven: "Be not wise in your own eyes; fear the Lord; turn away from evil." Verse eight: "It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones." And uh, one of the things I guess I would like to spend a little bit of time just talking about briefly this morning is the idea of, of the fear of the Lord. I think that, that language is just not a very common common language even for Christians to to get up in the morning and think about your day being lived in the fear of the Lord or walking through life thinking about how am I fearing the Lord or what does fearing the Lord look like today in my life or what does the fear of the Lord even lead me into and so we spent some time talking about the idea of fear and fear of the Lord and what that what that even means. And one of the quotes that we used was from Charles Bridges, that fear is an affectionate reverence. And so we were trying to make a, a distinction between fear where I'm, I'm scared of something, like my fear of heights is not the same thing as my fear of the Lord. It's not a, a paralyzing inability to do anything fear. It's a reverential respect, awe. It's a worship. Of, mm-hmm. of God. And so when we think about that fear, we not only want to know what it is, but then what does it mean? What, is it, what does that fear do to me? What does it lead me into? And so this morning I was reading in, in the scriptures in Second Corinthians chapter 5, and if you're doing the, the yearly Bible reading with our church, then this is the section you would read today. And I came across these words in chapter 5, verse 11. It says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, okay, so because we know the fear of the Lord, because that's true of us, Paul says, we persuade others that the fear of the Lord actually leads us to actually care about other people knowing about Jesus. So if you want to know what the fear of the Lord looks like in your life, one of the ways that the fear of the Lord impacts our life is that we're actually wanting other people to know Jesus. And he goes on to talk about a little bit more about that. If you go into verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ controls us because we conclude this, that if one died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sakes died and was raised. If you remember Proverbs 3, 7, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. We saw that in verse 11. Turn away from evil. That's verses 14 and 15. No longer live for myself, uh, but live for, for him. And then what, is, what does that living for him look like? Well, the next section in 2 Corinthians 5 tells us about this ministry of reconciliation that we have. 
which he is, I think that he's kind of referring to in verse 11 of this persuading others, is telling other people about how they can be reconciled with God, how they can know God, how their sins can be forgiven, and they can they can know God is their, their father. So this idea of fearing the Lord, though it's not common language, maybe in for a lot of us, even for Christians, I do think that we ought to be thinking those terms, but not just what it is, but then how does that affect my life? And Paul's telling us one of the ways it affects our lives is that it causes us to to want other people to know about about this God and to live their life in response to what he has done uh, as well. So I guess I'd open up to you two guys. Was there anything that you guys had or thought through the sermon or through the uh, the passage that kind of stuck out to you? I guess for me, it was this concept of pride and how pride is really the, I don't want to say the highest sin, but the, the base sin, I guess mm-hmm. the root the root of sin. Yeah. That This concept that I know better, that I want my way, and my way I feel like is more important than God's way. And it's not saying that all sin is pride on the surface, but that pride is, is maybe a few layers down in that sin. And just the need for humility as well. And just realizing that as human beings, we don't like humility. We like humility in others when they show it to us. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. it's it's really hard for us to show humility to people. And I just think, um, I never realized, I guess, the extent of, 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 of pride, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about with this message is, so what's keeping us from it? Fearing the Lord in an appropriate reverence and understanding of Him, what's keeping us from doing that? And there was one thing that you'd mentioned, the closer you are to God, the more we see our sin and His holiness. Yeah. And I think the fear, we have the wrong fear, the the scared of something. Mm-hmm. And what we're scared of, at least I could speak for me, that one of the things that keeps me from, from getting closer to God is I'm fearful of what the light of the Lord may reveal in my own life. Mm -hmm. And it's going to require change in my life. It's going to require movement on my part in a way that I may not want to because I'm comfortable right now. And so that that statement right there just kind of was that mind-blowing spot of, you've got work to do here, Chris. It's, it's not just to recognize who I am and have that reverence and awe and respect for me, which I feel that I do to a certain degree, but then there's something keeping me from just taking more steps and getting as close as I possibly can. And when I evaluate that in my own heart, I, I really believe that it's this area of the sin that may be still in my life. And, and I think us as people... Especially as you get older, because the adage is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. They're just comfortable. We're comfortable where we're at. Is that idea of having to to move or change or do something? We're comfortable where we're at. Yeah. We think we've got a handle on certain sins and areas, and they don't really aren't that big a deal. So I'm just going to close that away into the back closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, would that be another instance of pride then? Oh, most certainly. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as you were talking, I was thinking of an example of that in like everyday life, not an example of us ignoring God, but that that kind of self-imposed ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I don't want to go to the doctor. And the reason I don't want to go to the doctor is because I actually don't want to know if something's wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I just want to believe that everything's going to be okay. 
and so I don't go. So because I don't I don't want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Like there might be something wrong, but I just don't want to know it. Right. Uh, or I think there is something wrong, but I don't want to have to deal with the fallout of what that means. Yeah. And so it's a self-imposed ignorance. It's not really ignorance in the sense that I really don't know. I, I do know. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying spiritually, it's not an actual ignorance of sin or of God for most Christians. It's actually, I think we said this last week, it's it's an arrogance in what yeah. you're saying, mm-hmm. the pride of saying... I don't want to be confronted with that, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna push back. I'm gonna keep it arm's length, and somehow we think the head in the sand approach mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to uh, to somehow work out for us. As though you know, my, for instance, my medical conditions, whatever those may yeah. be, are just gonna go away on their own, or they're gonna re- <laughs> resolve without any any help. So I think that's a that's that's a good point. Well, that's um, creating that definition of pride of us playing God. Yeah. Because I'm playing God in my own life to say that the life I have now, the abundance of what my life is now is sufficient or good enough. Mm-hmm. But God has come to give us, or Jesus came to give us life, but more abundantly, mm-hmm. and the abundant life that he's come to give is far greater than anything that I could produce for myself. But we get ourselves in this area where we're cozy, we're comfy with how it is, and play God in our life to say, this is good enough. Yeah. When God wants so much more for us. Yeah. And that just, when I think about that, I'm like, well, <laughs> that's just not wise. That's not smart right. for yeah. me, for any of us. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. We hope you guys have maybe picked up some more or even extended some of your own applications throughout this. I'm just talking about pride and, and really how to trust God. Thanks for joining us, and we just hope to see you next time.